0: Welcome to the latest episode of the Tez Scotland podcast. I'm Henry Hepburn, Scotland editor for Tez and with me is senior reporter Emma Seath. Hi Emma. So today we'll be talking about our latest big read, which has been written by Emma. It's all about school attendance. Emma, just to um, take a slightly unusual route into this and to get down to basics. Is this essentially the issue that when we were growing up used to be known as truancy? And why isn't that a word that's used anymore?
1: Yeah, I think that that's a really interesting question, and um, I I think that the best way to kind of uh, answer it is that yeah, you're absolutely right, hundred percent that unauthorised absence are true and say it's 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 still a it's still a problem, and it has become a bit more of a problem. Um, you know, the, the latest statistics for Scotland, which we'll go into in a bit more detail, I think, a little bit later on, but they're actually quite dated, and so. But even if you look at those, you can see that there has been a bit of an uptick, maybe around about 1% in unauthorized absence, otherwise known as truancy. So definitely it is part of the story, but it's not the whole story. And I think that the reason why they're looking at attendance much more in round is that quite a lot of it is going to be authorized absence. So one primary school deputy head uh, talked to me about, you know, sort of this idea that parents, she called it preventative absence, which I thought was quite a interesting kind of term and it's something that I think that people adopted you know got into this habit during the pandemic because they were told that you know like if kids had coughs and sneezes and things like that to keep them at home and to you know sort of isolate them just in case they had COVID and I think that maybe people have kind of then therefore got into that you know kind of mindset Could have a debate about whether or not that's a good or a bad thing um so that they're more so she was basically saying parents are more inclined to keep their children out of school if they have a cough or a cold, or even if they think that they've maybe been exposed to some sort of bug or germ over the course of the weekend, you know. So she would say that they would get phone calls from parents saying they were playing with their cousins, and their cousins has come down. What the cousins come down with something, and therefore they're not sending mm-hmm, their mm-hmm. child to school just yeah. in case they've picked up this bug. Um. So those would be authorized absences. So I think that that's why they're looking at it in the round. they're, they're of yeah, course, yeah. it's concerning when kids skive school, and of course that's part of the picture um yeah, it, just, it just struck me yourself, that
0: that, sorry it just just struck me that that's a word <laughs> you just never ever hear anymore and i think it probably is seen as quite stigmatizing and and a bit of a a, a blunt sort of term and just very much conjures images for me of watching Green shill in the 1980s uh, so it, it does feel very old-fashioned and, and maybe not in tune with a more sophisticated approach to, to school attendance so so sorry to interrupt just, just
1: no, well. no 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 I mean, the other thing though that is this new t- another new term that we never used to kind of hear is this uh, internal truancy, so where the kids are actually turning up for school, so they'll mm-hmm. actually be registered as attending. Mm-hmm, of course. But then the you know sort of senior management team spends their day pursuing them round the corridors, in and out of the toilets you know because they're actually roaming about the school so you're technically in, so
0: you're technically in school but not actually doing much while you're there uh, yeah i mean, exactly. so, I mean just, just to draw back a bit then you've had a, a big look at the situation in scotland and sort of beyond scotland as well but so what is the situation with attendance in at scotland just now and, and art and does it echo trends in, in other places
1: well, one of the big problems, and it was highlighted so well recently with this publication of the Commission on School Reform uh, research, is that we don't really have very good figures, or, and and then the more up to date figures that we do have, they only sort of um, skim across the surface. Of and when the you problem. say we,
0: when you say we, you mean Scotland, there?
1: I mean Scotland. Yeah, mm. sorry. So, um, so the most the most up to date. Um, official Scottish government statistics, looking at, you know, sort of full year um, trends. Those are published here in Scotland every um, two years. And the latest information applies to 2020-21. Now, if you cast your mind back and think where we were at then, Mm -hmm. if you're looking at attendance rates and trends and things from that time, it's just all massively out of date. Now, the next statistics are actually due to be published in December. So we are going to get that update. So that should give us a clearer picture of what's going on. Um, Scotland also publishes fortnightly attendance updates. It's got this, um, there's this, you know, sort of dashboard that the government's created. But again, these focus on overall attendance rates. So they kind of lack that nuance to really sort of um, paint a picture of what's going on. Other countries, you know, so you're sort of asking about whether or not trends are similar elsewhere. Other countries, um, you know, Wales uh, would be an example. I think all of the, the sort of UK home nations, Wales, Northern Ireland and England, they all, as well as looking at overall attendance, they also look at um, persistent absence and the proportion of pupils persistently absent from school. So I think that that's, in England, it's defined as um, those kids who are missing 10% or more of their um, schooling. So, um, and I think that Wales has just um, changed its definition of persistent absence to 10%. It used to class persistent absence, you had, you had to be off more than 20% of the time. Um, so
0: is it fair to say then uh, that uh, the concerns about attendance are shared right across the UK? That's That's a given. But the way that things are measured are different. And it comes down to it. Scotland just does not record persistent absence in the way that other parts of the UK do. And therefore, we're a little bit more in the dark about the, the full extent of the problem in Scotland. Is that a fair assessment?
1: Completely, completely. I mean, and, and some light was shed on that, though, but not, but unfortunately, not by the government mm-hmm. and, and not by the kind of data that we, you know, sort of, that is published and then put into. Public domain through official statistics was actually because of freedom of information requests that were sent out to all the local authorities by, you know, the Commission on School Reform, and so that started to give us some of this, you know, sort of more nuanced data in terms of attendance. And one of the calls, you know, sort of following the publication of that information and then all of the headlines that that created, one of the calls was for the government to start to, you know, sort of publish. Um, these statistics, the Scottish government to start to publish these statistics on persistent absence, but also to start to publish its um, attendance and absence data for a full year, um, not just every two years, but um, every year.
0: And, and and in Scotland and also beyond Scotland, is it sort of generally accepted that COVID has made things worse?
1: Yeah, absolutely, undoubtedly. Um, sorry, that was my phone ringing. <laughs> Um, (laughs) so yeah uh, undoubtedly that covid's made things worse you know so one of the common explanations that you'll hear from you know be an education director a head teacher you know um it will be the the reason that um attendance has got worse is that people have almost fallen out of the habit of going Mm -hmm, to school mm -hmm, you know so mm -hmm. through the national lockdowns through the periods of self-isolation through their more regular absences, you know, sort of with coughs and colds and things like that, the, the the it sort of became the case that instead of school being something that you had to do, school became something that was good to do. Um, as one of the you know, sort of people that we spoke to um, put it, that was the director of education for Clackmannanshire, Lorraine Sander. You know, so there's this there's this perception that that the the, 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 the you know families and pupils relationship with school not across the board but in some cases has changed and it's just not seen as being the you know an absolute must any longer
0: and what are some of the most you've spoken to a few schools and teachers school leaders what what are some of the most a couple of the most interesting things that you've heard of that schools are doing to try and boost attendance and improve the situation
1: well one of the things that I found most interesting was um, a very very simple thing that Schools and local authorities could do to improve their engagement with parents. You know, so it was pointed out to me that often, actually, there are really good reasons for children not attending school, and so the communication between between school and home should be, you know, sort of empathetic. And instead, therefore, of sending out a letter that maybe says, you know, um, or your child has, uh, you know, drawing attention to the fact that the child's absence is, um, high, and you know, sort of. Talking about consequences, and if it continues like this, this will happen, and then that will happen that actually changing the tone of those letters could make a big difference, and being you know sort of a bit more sympathetic empathetic and saying things like, you know, um we've noticed that you've be, your child has been off, are there any problems? we can help, we want them to be here, you know we miss you more this more that kind of tone that actually um one of the primary schools that we speak to. They changed their letters and they changed the tone of the letters, and they got this huge amount of engagement from parents when they sent those letters out to say, "Okay, great, you can help." Well, this is what I need help with, and so that then made the school it made it possible to kind of work with the the the, the parents and to um, start to kind of solve some of the problems and to you know sort of get over some of the barriers.
0: Mm-hmm. And another another key issue is. Uh... Clearly there's a serious issue in a child's life and they're missing half the days in the school year. Everyone knows that is that's a serious issue. That's something that's not really great for their uh, for them. But maybe people are a bit more blasé about missing a day of school here and there. I mean, what what does the search say about the importance of, of good school attendance?
1: There was an interesting piece of research that was published last year by some University of Strathclyde researchers, and it tried to kind of quantify that link between good attendance and, you know, sort of, and and, and school attainment, essentially, you know, so they found that a 1% drop in attendance was associated with a 3% drop in attainment, you know, so they were looking at tariff scores, so taking into consideration, you know, sort of, all of the different qualifications that uh, um, a young person might achieve by the time they're sort of leaving school um, in sort of how much of an impact did good attendance or bad attendance you know sort of have on that so one percent drop was associated with a three percent drop in tariff score so that was really interesting you know so it's that, that kind of message then that um schools were trying to get across is the you know sort of everyday counts
0: well i mean it just underlines the importance of the issue and the importance of your piece and uh, I just say to all listeners obviously you can go online at test.com and, and read emma's piece in full uh it's available now
1: okay that's brilliant and um is there anything that you would like to talk about henry i mean what have you been working on this week
0: yeah well i mean i don't, I don't know if people are aware but uh you and i we, we obviously have covered scotland extensively for many years but we do have in a brief now that we're just extending that a little bit and 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 getting to know a bit more about uh wales mostly yourself and northern ireland mostly me and doing you know, a bit of coverage of education issues there so i had a really interesting meeting just yesterday with some uh, department of education officials in northern ireland and these sort of things are just you know really interesting but also i mean they they help us with our 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 scottish brief in terms of just providing new perspectives and making you think sometimes about oh that's just something that's always been the way in scotland does it need to be that way because they actually do things a little differently there so that that perspective is really interesting and you just it just throws up some really interesting stuff sometimes for example the department done a survey of parents actually all around attendance came up with something that really stuck in my head which was that I guess like you were referencing earlier that the, the, the perception of attendance, importance of t- attendance, maybe needs to be worked on with families sometimes. So this they, they, the survey threw up that because parents know that 90%, if their kid gets 90% in a test or an exam, that's wow, that's a brilliant score. 90%, 9 out of 10, fantastic. There's a bit of a misconception that 90% attendance, school attendance is pretty good too because you know that's the same, same number. It seems very high in the face of it. But 90 percent equates to missing about 19 days of school a year or or one every fortnight roughly which is clearly not good so um that, that was just something really interesting that came out of that meeting uh as i say, just yesterday um how about yourself anything else you've been working on or just has really stuck with you over the last few weeks
1: i mean we only published this piece yesterday well actually at the time of going out for the podcast it will have been you know sort of um, last Thursday. um but it, it, I think that it's an interest. it's a really interesting talking point and actually something that Scott's going to have to come to some kind of conclusion on. So this was a story about Fife Council publishing its anti-bullying policy. Um, it, you know, this is a revised anti-bullying policy published in response to an increase in, you know, sort of violent and aggressive incidents in schools. So this is the authority, you know, sort of trying to get on top of that problem. Um, But it caused a bit of a stoochie because it advocates dealing with incidents, and this is to quote from the um, policy, educationally, supportively and restoratively rather than punitively. And it describes punitive approaches as counterproductive. So it's just, you know, kind of getting into this, you know, sort of debate about whether or not, you know, sort of restorative approaches, are they the only way? Do you use them in conjunction with? some kind of sanctions you know sort of be that detention or you know whatever you know you might use and it's just an interesting it's just an interesting talking point because it tends to be that people are pretty polarized you know when it comes to this debate but um you know it it it, it does feel like it's something that you know we're going to have to kind of try and you know sort of tackle head on and try and you know sort of start to understand well what is it what is it that works And what is it that, you know, kind of, um, you know, makes these situations, makes these situations better? Is it the restorative approach? Does that work? Or do you need to use some sort of combination of punishment or sanctions, as well as, you know, sort of conversation and drawing attention to the harms caused by, you know, sort of certain behaviours? So I think that that's one that will maybe, you know, sort of, run and run for you know whilst the sort of got the education secretary who's obviously hosting these summits which are all about you know trying to improve behavior in Scottish schools and it kind of feels like we maybe need to come to come to some kind of conclusion about what mix of different approaches is appropriate
0: yeah no absolutely I think you're absolutely right this that the debate's only going to run and run um and of course we'll be right across that Well, uh, thanks, Emma, and thanks to you all for listening to the Tez Scotland podcast. Make sure to subscribe via all the usual platforms, and we'll be back in a few weeks with a new episode.